Welcome to another edition of CPR's Clubhouse Live. My name is CPR Jose Ortiz, and I'm being joined by Joe Zangi. Joe, thank you so much for joining us on CPR's Clubhouse Live. We get right into it, you know, because um, it's it's um it's a great uh, career in my view. Um, I followed you since you know the Tasmania days. But uh, before we get started, I want to talk about your fitness. I've seen some of the Joe Zangi fitness uh, videos, and it's like <laughs> it's a it's an inspiring journey um how did you start your inspiring journey what what motivated you to get into the best shape of your life man i was i was just bitten by the bug about four or five years ago and um i've been working out for years but i wasn't doing it correctly and then finally met one of my buddies who was more into bodybuilding and you know probably he started from the other end he was kind of like a real tiny skinny guy right. and he wanted to build muscle and i was feeling like i was like too heavy i wanted to cut weight and build muscle at the same time right. so uh yeah he pretty much showed me like what it was like going to the gym and working on a daily regimen you know breaking it down into like a back and by day it's like really bodybuilding and how to go about that but uh I yeah I can't wait for the workout video. You know what I mean? <laughs> so into the freestyle 90s, you know, something funny like that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, like for me, like I'm still paying a membership and I don't go because I embarrass myself. Talk about working, <laughs> talk about working in, a, in an inappropriate and, and I don't know what I'm doing manner. I put my face where the person's butt goes and I'm doing it the wrong way. I'm one of those <laughs> mean videos that you see on TikTok, you know? So um, We all start somewhere. Yeah, they already made like $5,200 on me, and I still haven't gone. So you know, <laughs> thank you so much for being so generous and charging me full price to the fitness center. Listen, um, it gets it gets to a point where, like, you have to drag yourself to go, and then, like, after about a year, it's like you want to go. So it takes a while, but, yeah, so it's just part of my everyday, and, uh, you know, it's my meal, my meal plan kind of works in with my, my workout plan, so it kind of hand-in-hand. Yeah, that's what I'm working on right now. Um, you know, I, I've had some health uh, situations. Nothing bad. It's just that, you know, you got to improve as you get older. And so now I, I figured out cauliflower rice and how to make it taste like a Spanish rice and bean meal. You know, it just, it's fun yeah. to find those out. But uh, uh, that's neither here nor there, right? So we're not here for that. But uh, congratulations on your on your current journey. Yo, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, let's talk about um, the fact that you have a, a new song coming out. And it should be out already once this airs. Is uh, love you like wow? I, I enjoyed the, the samples, and then you know I pre-ordered it, but you sent me a copy, and I'm enjoying the song. It's very high energy, something that you can come out, perform to, and people can get into. But the the one thing that I did notice is that you have the fever logo. That's an iconic logo on your brand new song. How do you feel about that? Blessed man, in a word, blessed, uh, humble. Honored, like so many adjectives I could tell you that go along with it. Um, unexpected, um, lucky, uh, just so many things to be a part of the Fever family. Number one, all these years, just doing the shows and being a part of that backstage and that inner circle of family, you know, amongst that Sal Abatello sets the tone. And, uh, and you know, the, the artists that are involved with the fever and it's, 
been something that I've just been happy to be a part of on the Fever Tour for the past years. And uh, when I made this record, that was in the back of my mind. Of course, I would want Sal to have, you know, put his seal of approval on it. And uh, the fact that he has and the fact that it's a, a Fever release is uh, just awesome. You know what I mean? I couldn't ask for more. So and especially yeah. it being a freestyle record, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And there are many people that aspire to have that logo on their songs. Um, and you worked your way into those shows and you worked your way into being booked by them. Um, and, and, um, you know, everyone has their journey. So do you, do you have any, um, any tips or do you have any knowledge of how you really got on that, like, you know, you grasp how you got on to all those fever shows? How I got into the fever tour, like onto the shows. Um, obviously, uh, number one was with Raquel. Right. You know, uh, I've been touring Can't We Try with Raquel for 25 years. Mm -hmm. um, I think that was the beginning of it. And then I developed a relationship with Sal. Um, and then the rest progressed, of course, when I started to sing I'll Be Loving You. That was something that was asked and brought up. And that added to my book, my, my uh, bookable nature i guess it is the is the the wrong term but what i'm going with there now but um i think advice to anybody uh to get to this point is number one just always show up always be professional always be the part that you're expected to be and you know cut the bs and and don't sweat like the little stuff you know what i mean but trust me there there have been a hundred gigs that nobody would want mm -hmm. to do that I did versus the, the dream gigs that everybody would want to do, which I get the chance to do now. So, you know, it's taking the good with the bad and seeing the bigger picture and planning for that day. And when it comes, just being ready for it. Uh, and that's a, that's a great thing that you mentioned, um, Raquel, and we'll discuss her, of course. And, um, you know, we want to talk about the collage thing, uh, the I'll Be Loving You, the, the Adam Morano catalog. Now, how did you come to start singing these songs that were on the Adam Morano Viper 7 Records uh, catalog? Uh, well, I started singing collage records back in the 90s. People really didn't know that because there was no social media to tag me in those videos. Um, but I started singing collage records as a favor back in the 90s for Deneen and collage they came to me collectively together um with gino caparelli and you know they Deneen needed somebody to sing some of those songs with her and it was coming from the source we want you to do this so that's where it began so everywhere in my career where a collage record was brought to me or asked of me or something. I was always down for it as long as they were using my name for it. That, that's um that's um a good uh, full circle because the last few episodes have been Viper Seven and Morano talk a lot of that in the last few episodes uh, and the fact that you're bringing in Gino and Danine and they have corroborated the the conversation. I'm glad that you're able to say it. 
on your own because you know the internet freestyle community many of them are uneducated or new to the genre of music and so they don't do any research or they don't do anything and they just go by what you know um people write on social media but i'm glad that you cleared that up now the, the thing about that is, is that here you are all these years later and you're still taking that role because collage uh adam morano did a song with with raquel can't we try and the remake of dream boy dream girl and so now you're stepping in uh for those songs when there ever is necessary so it's just like uh you know you've been the stand-in for adam for a long time adam actually introduced me to raquel right and uh literally the week after i was done with tasmania adam asked me to do a show with him and raquel was there and he introduced us and next thing i know it was like two weeks later and i was performing at her maybe i don't know how long it was but not long after that i was performing for her record release party by her request of her um, and i'd only known her for literally weeks if that and she said you know i want you to sing at my record release party and i got a copy of the record and when i turned it over and i looked at it can we try wasn't even a single yet in a dream was ruling the radio at the time. Absolutely. And I said, Oh, you did a, you did a duet with Adam. And she said, yeah. And I said, uh, FYI, if you ever need a fill in, let me know. I've done it for Deneen and I'd be happy to do it for you. Not knowing what that would become. And she, uh, literally maybe days later told me, can't we try? I was going to be the next single. And that she wanted me to take the tour and that was not that was collectively agreed on by everybody involved it wasn't anything backdoor or slimy or anything that people would like to think about on the internet you know it was never any of that none of the records that i sing are controversial in my world i get it that they are on the, the internet i like you said i know people like to talk and I think that drama sometimes gets more likes than honesty, but there's never been drama in my camp. Yeah, and I don't, that, and I don't get bothered with it. That, again, that's something that's, that you can see um, because, um, you know, um, the, the boss man at Fever, uh, Sal, he's been dragged into some things, but it's never been by you, you know what I mean? And, and other controversies, but for, you, for your name, Joe Zangi, um, you've always stayed, you know, know your role, you know what I mean? And that's what artists these days, in my opinion, don't know how to do. They don't know how to play their part. They don't know where they are on the totem pole. You know, that they give them the opportunity to be on these fever shows. And they're like, now nah, I should be after the main attraction. And it's like, well, if everybody's going home, how could you be the main attraction? You know, so I'm glad that you found your place and your niche. And, and you know, it's not that you, you and Adam Morano have similar vocal styles too. So it isn't like it's far, far from, you know, and what many people are, don't understand and are, are finding out is that Adam didn't want to perform and wanted to send different people to do these shows and, and be him. And that if you look at the catalog from Viper Records, most of the male artists on there was him anyway. Um, right. So when you go down right. the list, but I, I feel um, as a um, as a person that understands the business that there, there sometimes has to be somebody that steps in for artists to perform it isn't that you don't have any talent it's just that that's the job and as a right. as a musician as a vocalist that's what you do 
Um, and I, you know, and and to touch on Raquel, I've seen Raquel do some covers. I saw her at Mohegan Sun, and she was doing Donna Summer. She was doing, you know, but it was her. It wasn't like she was singing over Donna Summer, and she sounded marvelous. I'm, my hairs and whatever hair I have because I'm bald split up. <laughs> You know, because I thought that she did a great job. I took my mom with me that night, and she was like, wow, beautiful. And my mom, you know, she's very an emotional person at concerts, and she got teary-eyed listening to Raquel sing, and it, it's, uh, it's an amazing feat. But let's let's get back to Joe Zangi. Um, you know, again, we have a brand-new song, Love You Like Wow. Um, it should be released now in our rotation everywhere. But you have a 26-year career. The first time that I heard you was 1994, Tasmania Volume 2. Uh, in my dreams, um, and it's a song that I found uh, me repeating over and over again. Um, how how did your journey with Tasmania start? Oh man, I think it's twenty eight years. Um, twenty eight. Somebody somebody else just did the math for me. I don't know. I think it might be even longer. So uh, I uh, so people, I'll give you more to the story. I met Adam Morano when I was sixteen years old. I danced for. TPE handful of times. Um, when I met Adam and Denine, they were like year one of their recording careers, and they were super nice to me and encouraging. You know that I was interested in this, and I wanted to make records too. I was really, really uh, inspired by them and those songs by Then Came You and Baby I Love You by Denine. They were big Philly records, and they were playing them all over Philly radio where I live. And then they were coming to the club where I used to go, you know? All of the acts used to come where I used to hang out those years. That's how you get booked. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, right. And so I was like, I really wanted to be a part of that scene and I really didn't know how to go about it. And this guy I met through being in a music program in high school told me like, you should be a singer. I'll help you make a demo. And he did. I like a cassette tape, really, like with a song that I wrote, really bad song <laughs> that I wrote. But uh, yeah, so I ended up just enrolling in community college and I became friends with a couple of the guys that were working at the radio station there and they knew what I was trying to do at the time. <laughs> One day, Anthony Ponzio from Tasmania called down there and said that they were sending over the first compilation CD for Tasmania. And my buddy actually answered the phone and said, well, what kind of music is it? And he said, it's freestyle. And I didn't even know if that's what we were calling it at the time, right? I was calling it club music. But uh, my friend who answered the phone said, my buddy sings that. And Anthony said, tell him to send us his tape. And I did. And they called me back and they said, we have good news and we have bad news. What do you want first? And I said, give me the bad news. And they said, we hate your song. <laughs> So I was like, okay, well, what's the good news at this point, you know? And they said, we like your voice. We wrote a song. We'd like you to sing it. Come down. If it doesn't work out, we both leave. Just wasted a day of time. But if it does work out, then we'll talk about what we're going to do next. And that was in my dreams. And they sent me the song. They literally faxed it to my mom, the lyrics to my mom's work. And... <laughs> She brought home the lyric sheet to me with Anthony's serial killer writing, you know, the lyrics. And it just, I didn't have any music or anything. It just had like little side notes. Like I remember 
next to now all I have are dreams. It said fast. You know what I mean? Like it said fast. So I was like, I don't know what that means, you know? So I went in and uh, I went into the legendary Polygon recording studio and met everybody for the first time. I was 18 years old and intimidated as all hell and nervous. And uh, they created the track as I stood there in the first like few hours, like the, the bones of it. And then they said, um, okay, time to come in and sing. And I was so nervous that I asked them to drop the music down to a lower note because when it was going up to the, I thought that I, that note in there, I thought that I would have been the one for you. Um, I was really nervous that on the thought that my voice, I, I didn't want to ever even try and mess up the first day in front of these guys. So I said, can you lower it? Can you just make it a little lower? Because originally I think it was like somewhere like, I remember the times like in that we watched it. And, uh, and it ends up as you know, like I remember the times you like really low. And they were like, yo, cuz if we lower this, you're never going to be able to sing it that low. And I was like, trust me. I'll find a way. And I just did. And they all loved it. And it became like my sound for yeah, a few well, records in the beginning, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, but it was really nervous. <laughs> you know, uh, volume two is like, volume two and three are, are very much my, my favorites. I remember, you know, going on a trip to New York and, you know, you had the Walkman and the cassette. And we just played the Tasmania compilation, you know, and we, we would rewind it, play it again. But in, in my dreams was a favorite, but my favorite Joe Zangi song is Through and Through, uh, the one on volume three. Um, I, I'm not sure why it was so, it's such an attachment to me, but you know, I guess you know, I, I'm I'm young too, I'm in, I'm 18 around there, I'm going to college, I'm trying to do a radio show doing uh freestyle. Um, and uh, you know, you just attach yourself to these songs that are great, and that these 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 first three compilations, maybe the first four, were were um synonymous with bringing freestyle back um you know i always credit tasmania for actually being the label that brought it back i know that um adam changed the sound in 93 got that south philly style really put it out there with tpe and everything that he did but i really credit tasmania as the one that sort of the new generation of freestyle and um and to have these these artists all together in compilations the first four they were all talented it was all great songs you could only um, in the first four compilations, if you add all the songs together, about 10% are bad, but 90% are so good, you know? Um, and so, you know, these are things that uh, cement your 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 current legend, right? Your 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 repertoire. But Tasmania, you know, kind of uh, went over to the distribution uh, for Metropolitan after uh, Volume 4. And then it just became, uh, you know, diminishing returns, uh, not only on the song choices, but the fact that you know they got to volume 14 and then they they went over to series a and then it it was it just became such a a, a thing but tell me about that time for you um you know uh were you were you happy as an artist through your entire time there were there frustrations i mean in the beginning it was um like a magical place to be honestly like when i think back and you listen, if just from your side of it or any listener side of it, honestly, if you listen to those Taz two, three, four, um, when you listen to those songs and you listen to the people on those compilations 
and I'm talking Pure Pleasure, Stephanie Bennett, Pain, yeah. Sammy C, myself, Samantha, Bobby Delante, Katja, Michael Anthony, Annette. I mean, I know their names still to this day because we were all such good friends and we were all so tight. And we all hung out at the same clubs every week and we all partied together and we all played these big Tasmania concerts together in this little community. And it was supported so strongly by like the local teenagers and the college radio. And we would do these concerts and they would be like sold out and like lines around the block to get in. And even though it was like this family of young teenagers and young adults, 18 to 21 year olds, all of us, and we all partied and drank and laughed and had great times and wrote songs with each other and, you know, sang on each other's records. If you go back, you'll hear backgrounds on this one. And this one was a dancer. And then this one became a, we would put this one on. And it was because like, it was a friendly rivalry, a friendly competition of everyone trying to do their best. Because I think at the time we were competing with ourselves within the label, but we were also competing with the industry to want to be a part of the bigger scene and the bigger picture that we weren't. And I know that we were all hungry to prove our talent at that young age. And when you hang out with all of those people and all those talented kids and, and we're working in the studio together and all of the Viper stuff and Adam's working out of the same studio that we're in. It was just such a creative, you know, time. So like, yeah, like that, those beginning years, 18, 19, 20, when I'm doing in my dreams through and through you and I mad about you, like all those records, I would get them and I'd play them for my friends on the label. Like they'd be the first person I'd want to hear, you know, like, listen, guys, look at my record for the next one. You know what I mean? And, or I would be done this one. And one of my friends, like Astorga from Pure Pleasure, Oh, tell them you want to be on four. I'll write with you. And we'll, you know, like it was this camaraderie. Like it was never like a, a hateful competition ever. That would come. <laughs> yeah, that would. Later. But uh, back in those early days, when we were all young and it was all starting and there really was an internet, you know, there was no online drama. There was nothing like that. Um, it was a great place to be. And, and I'm lucky to have that, but it's funny because that was a short part of my life. It was only from 18 to like 22 maybe. And then I was gone and I looked at it as, and I still do as a great, point of my life a great time in my life but really like a boot camp for me like finding my voice and figuring out my shows and figuring out like a lot about what I wanted to do and so when I left there and the Raquel opportunity happened I feel like Taz as great as it was and as fun as it was it was just like kind of like my training like a high school you know what i mean and you know preparing me to to write songs and to harmonize and to do all the things that i would eventually put to use you know what i mean yes i i think that um i, I like the way that you you brought the timeline forward um because it was it was like a finishing school of some kind for a lot of artists and 
you saw the ones that made it it was a small percentage um if you think about the how many artists went through tasmania um there's there's maybe 10 right now that are active and really and the ones that you thought were gonna be something didn't become something the ones that you didn't think nothing of are really flourishing um and it, i don't just, think there's 10. i think there might be five yeah are there 10. well you know i think about gennaro i think about pure pleasure doing new music um i think about stephanie bennett still like running around the whole entire country you know i i um i think about joe zangi um you know and 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 i think about willie valentine having a song that he oh, right. on, true. On, true. On, on the whole records and then Tasmania introducing artistic recordings and then Lorenzo Delon and then that created um avenues for others um yeah but, but your avenues um you know really opened up I mean you did a lot of songs for Tasmania you were featured from volumes two all the way to level a right and then um you came out with the album timeline um I, I found some really interesting songs on there um, was the reason why you couldn't use your Tasmania songs on the Timeline album was because those songs belong to Tasmania or to the distribution company? No, I could have used them all. Yeah. Yeah. When when I left Taz, what they wanted to do was part of their their negotiation to keep me there was to put out my full length album mm -hmm. and. To them, the full-length album would have been a collection of my 10 singles that I had done already. Right. And I wanted to do new songs and maybe include just a few of my favorites just right. to have them on that album. So, no, like, uh, I didn't really think that putting an album out of all 10 of my pre-release songs was a good idea, and I didn't want anything to do with that. So the Timeline album kind of was just something that i wanted to do on my own because to me it was like the period on the end of a very long sentence for me you know what i mean like i felt like my listeners never got a full-length album from me they never got anything with like a little bit different tempo stuff with you know collaborating with some of my friends and doing some ballads doing some new freestyle while then still peppering in some of the ones that i wanted to um put on there and it, it was like in my dreams and i think can you feel the love but so that's where that came from there was an underrated song on your album timeline featuring wendy when i want you back um that i just loved uh, i i play the crap out of it but um yeah. afterwards it was re-released with raquel um mm -hmm. so Wendy was was taking out the song and, and you put on raquel was the reason for that because you were touring with raquel or was there a different reason uh i think that was like kind of that was one of the reasons why um when that when that cd happened that tasmania put out that year um i really didn't want any parts of it to be quite honest with you i did not want any parts of it and everyone called me anthony ponzio called me mike ferullo called me mike astorga called me and i really didn't at that point, my head was just in a different space. I wasn't really performing. I hadn't, you know, I had taken a break from, from music, you know, and I was thinking about getting back into it. And I think I may have done a handful of shows as a favor to Raquel. Mm -hmm. And then 
when they reached out to me to be a part of that CD, I was just, you know, I was against it. And I don't know, I, I guess what they wanted to, I, part of the negotiations were uh, to have me on there and to, and do another new record outside of that compilation, which came after that, you remind me. Um, but the record with Raquel, I already had that record with Wendy, When I Want You Back, on my album, and they really wanted to include Raquel on the CD as well. So Raquel recut that song. I think that was Tasmania's idea. It wasn't my idea. Um, Wendy was in the loop about it as well. I believe they gave her a record on that CD because of that. Um, as a negotiation um, move. But yeah, I love both versions of those songs. The one with Wendy, the original. Um, I'll always love that. Me and Wendy co-wrote that together. She really had the idea. Wendy's such a slick, talented songwriter and great singer, as I'm sure you know. Yeah. And uh, we've been friends for forever. And when I was doing Timeline, cd i had reached out to her and she co-wrote a couple of the songs on that album including when i want you back and when i want you back was just like the perfect opportunity to have wendy on my cd with me and you know so when i recut it with raquel it was at no you know no diss to wendy at all because wendy and raquel have very similar sounds if you really think about it like if you really compare them side by side they're both great female powerhouse singers you know mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, like Raquel put like a spin on it, but I think that was kind of more for the guys at Taz, you know, I think like they, they wanted to include her on something and it wasn't going to be just a solo Raquel record. So it was like, we'll get you to do a duet with Joe. Here's this one that everybody likes. Let's recut this. Yeah. Now the, the bond between you Raquel has, has stood the, the test of time. How do you, yeah. how, how did you guys become so tight? And now, like, you guys are, like, uh, flawless when you guys are together on stage. Everything flows so well. How did you guys become that? It took some work, of course, but how did you become so tight as, as friends and as stage mates? Well, me and Raquel, we, we became just fast friends from jump. I don't know. We, we have, like, the same sick sense of humor or some shit like that, you know? So, uh, but... Um, I really think it was because when I first started doing shows with Raquel, like I said, Can't We Try wasn't even a single. Like, I was going along. So, like, when she would introduce me out after In a Dream, and the, the, the strings of Can't We Try would run up, you know, da -da 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 -da. people would be like, who's this dude? You know what I mean? Like, so, and then <laughs> through the, <laughs> then it got released started climbing the charts and it the show list just went from like well she already had a lot but like all of a sudden we got these great big opportunities and like the first great big one was probably like opening up for the backstreet boys on the northeast leg of their tour and they were like huge at the time and the first night with her doing it was like um the Meadowlands, you know? So like, here we are, we're going from club to club to now we're in this sold out arena 
And the only thing that I could attest like our friendship to, I mean, other than like, we're like family at this point, but maybe what grew it was um, we went through so many big moments together in front of so many people. And we were the only two seeing it through our eyes. I would look over at her. She would look over at me as we're singing to like thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And we would look at each other like, do you believe this shit? You know what I mean? Like, this is wild, you know? And it's kind of like a war buddy. It's like surviving these crazy moments and then having these memories and knowing that really only one person can relate to that. You know what I mean? Like I could come home and try and tell people, tell my boys and my poker buddies, like the stories of what the hell just happened to me on the road. And they could be like, yeah, Joe, that's nice. You know, I'm glad you had a good show. But like me and Raquel could talk about it. Like, yo, that shit was nuts. You know, did you see that girl? Did you see that dude? Did you see or hear that shit happen? You know? And when so many things like that, I think happened day after day. Like we weren't doing shows like a show every couple of weeks. We were doing like two shows a night, five shows a week. Four, you know, we would go away three weeks at a time on the road, show after show after show after show. We would do a radio play club. I mean, a radio concert tour with like big, big, big acts. And then we would then get in the car and have to sing again at like one in the morning at like the club in that you know, like, so we did so much work in so many, like, high-profile, scary gigs that I think that our bond was just, like, built on that because, like, we trusted each other out there. It was just, like, me and her, and you just build this trust, and that just, like, maybe solidified our friendship that was already building, so... I think me, that's what it does, you know? Let me ask you the hardest question, probably. What's your favorite Raquel song? I Fell In Love. Yeah? Yeah, easily. For me, it's um, um, a song from one of her albums, I believe the last one. Uh, it's called Say You'll Be Mine. Um, I like that song, too. That, that song, to me, is like, if I have a top 10 of all time, it would be in that list. Because um, I can listen to it over and over again. You know, when I'm gone is another favorite of mine. Um, that remake that she made. Um, but uh, so you'll be mine. It's just like she sounds so good, and it's not your typical song. I could play it on a freestyle song, um, a freestyle show, but I could play it on a top forty pop uh, video show. It's it was it just it just transcended our music, uh, which yeah. is what is what in a dream did back in the day, and that song is just amazing. Yeah, she has a lot of good album cuts. Um, on the second album. If I'm Ever Lonely is a great song. I mean, the stuff she did with Hex Hector was great. Um, there's a lot of great Rock Hell recordings. And and uh, there's some, I'm sure, that people have never heard that. I mean, Rock Hell could sing the phone book at the end of the day. I'm telling you, when I saw her at Mohegan Sun, and she did she did her covers in the beginning, right? I, I, was, I wasn't expecting that because, you know, she has yeah. a lot of songs that she could uh, 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 perform. But she did these covers and she did them so much justice. Her voice was so good. And everybody's looking at her like, I can't believe that this is this voice is coming out of that woman, you know? Yeah. Uh, or some people, you know, some people make it racial. I can't believe that white girl sings like that, you know, things like that. <laughs> but um and, right. and, and you know, again, the emotional, uh, the emotion that comes out of her, you know, it, it 
it, it just reverberates around the arena. And like my mom's like, what's wrong, mom? She's saying so beautiful, you know, things like that. But, <laughs> Yeah, but, it's we, have to come back, we have to come back and do a Raquel top five. I, that's my new thing now. You know, just yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it'll be great. Good idea. Um, what what are you looking forward most about your new record? Love you, like wow, man. I mean, like I think at this point, the only thing I have left to look forward to is to see how it does and to sing it and perform it and to. Uh, I, I, for me, like the, the only thing that I'm really looking forward to from this point is like creating the show, like, you know, working it into the show. I've only performed it twice now live, right. but, uh, I have ideas on how I want the actual performance to, uh, to be for that. And I'm shooting a video for it in a few weeks. I'm looking forward to that. But I mean, as far as like, um, like as we talked about earlier, like having the fever, mm -hmm. um, you know, brand you know behind me on this and and i gotta tell you like i sang this song for the first time on the freestyle cruise um back in the end of february that's how long i've had the song wow yeah right <laughs> um so i had the song and uh and i had it with me on my phone at the cruise and i was like I really want to sing this, but I literally had only had it in my possession for like two days, you know, like Lewis who did the track sent it to me. And I was like, literally like packing my ship for the cruise. And when I got there, I'm still like living with it and stuff like that. And I decide like, I really need to sing this song here. Like tell myself that, you know? Um, and when I did the reaction from, my peers was like insane like the the feedback that i got that night on the ship probably um and then the next day like i had the talks about the fever and and all like it happened so fast like right then that like everything that i had wished for for this song like happened you know what i mean like in that first few days of of me owning it like in my possession and then i had to like pretty much sit and be quiet and not think about it because I still had to do so many other things with the record before I could release it, you know, like listed and copy, like all that shit, you know, get the photos, like the stuff that I hadn't even done. I was like, let me just sing this song. And then boom, boom, boom happened. And I'm like, wait, I put the cart so far before the horse, like, let me backtrack. You know what I mean? So like the exciting part I've been living with for, like two months, you know what I mean? So next for me, I just wanted to be well received. I want people to understand the meaning behind it and to know that like I wrote it and that it has like a special meaning to me. And I just look forward to like playing it out. Like really, like I look for like any type of success that I could have hoped for with this record, I got instantly. And and that was just, you know, wanting it to be accepted by the people who I respect, you know? If, yeah, if, if you have the, the, the boss man, Sal, to actually say yes and put it on his label, that's a big step because he has been very adamant about, you know, I have to protect this brand, my tour. Yeah. And, and for him to allow people to sing new songs on these tours, too, has been something that he's been very 
he has a lot of trepidation where they where they where they kill the crowd but you know he has to balance all that out because it affects the bottom line the sales but right. the fact that he believes in you to the point where it's like okay you can go ahead and sing your new song you know and go right into your set um that that shows um you know the evolution of fever and the fact that the ifc was so wrong the internet freestyle community was so wrong about south not being open to allowing people to sing their new songs and now they're doing it all the time yeah i mean yeah exactly what you said he uh to have his backing is just amazing and uh and yeah and i sang it the other night in the fever show <laughs> yeah. so look i i can't wait to play the song um it's gonna be on rotation on, on the cpr's clubhouse brand the crew um Thank you know you. we have we have three radio stations already ready to program it and ready to go. Um, you know, would you like to thank anyone uh, during uh, your time here with me? Um, I know there are so many people that were involved in this song uh, in production and, and, and uh, you know, giving you uh, bits and pieces in your ear or, or celebrating you. Would you like to say hello to anyone or thanks to anyone? I mean, obviously, everybody who worked on the record. I mean, you know my producer, um, Louis. We did an amazing job on the track. I mean, I want to thank everybody. I mean, first of all, I got to thank Sal, obviously, for giving me the opportunity because I wouldn't have wanted to record anything more if I didn't have an outlet to take it to, you know? I don't right. sing these songs for myself, you know what I mean? I make them so I can perform them and hope that the freestyle community loves them. And I will say this, you know, I want to thank the freestyle community, I think, more than anybody, because the fans have just been, like, so cool and supportive with me throughout my whole career, you know what I mean? And to be able to, um, in all honesty, like, I did another record a couple years ago, a side project under another name, House Record, and... The reason why I put it under another name is because I, I didn't want to disappoint the freestyle fans. I didn't want to come out with a new single and it to be something that they, you know, wasn't for them. So I knew that I wanted to do another freestyle record eventually in my career if the opportunity came. And it really did with Love You Like Wow. I wrote the song. I knew I felt strongly about it. You know, my buddy from Tasmania, Mike Astorga, hooked me up with the producer and, uh, and when we talked, I told Lewis that, you know, I wanted a track that was going to fit into my current set, you know, that I sing now. I didn't want to do, other people had offered me like new freestyle, new school freestyle, freestyle folk forward projects, but I'm not, I wanted to do a freestyle record. That's the music I love. This is what I got into because of my love for freestyle as a genre of music, you know, I truly love it. So I knew that I wanted to come back to it and to have, you know, the, the legendary freestyle label and Godfather freestyle on my side, I just, you know, it wouldn't have been possible without the freestyle fans and all my friends in the industry and, you know, just everybody you know, over the course of my career, you know what I mean? Like, I'm proud to say that there's so many people involved in this record who I've been friends with for over 20 years, you know what I mean? And that says a lot, you know? And uh, yeah, so I just wanted, you know, it, it, do I want to thank anybody? I want to thank everybody, you know what I mean? Because there's no one in my life 
who I'm not thankful for. And the reason of that is because I keep my circle very small. I don't deal with bullshit. I don't deal with drama. And I don't deal with like negative people, you know? So any, anyone who's in my life, I'm thankful for. And anybody who supports my career and supports freestyle music, I'm thankful for as well. So well, the song is called Love You Like Wow. It's available right now as, as um, it was released on the 18th of May. Um, it was uh, written by Joe Zangi, uh, the lyrics and melody, uh, produced, mixed, edited, and mastered by Louis Marte and Alex Baldrick, also known as DJ Merc One. Um, and, and let me just compliment you on the fact that um, Michael Astorga did a great job connecting you with the right producer for your voice and for your style, because Louis Marte and Alex Baldrick, they're very much into poppy, crossover, a traditional freestyle, but that you're going to be welcomed by a top 40 station as well as, you know, the, the freestyle community. And there's no, um, you know, you don't have to uh, please any side. Every side is pleased uh, with, the, with the finished product. Um, you have a, a great, great um, repertoire of music. And now it feels like you're just coming into your own because now you're your own product. Um, you know, you already went to finishing school. You did 14 volumes of it. And... Um, <laughs> And then, and then you broke on your own. You know, you also have um, a lot of dance um, uh, credits to you as well. I, I've seen a lot of um, things that I saw back in the day when I had my record store. I would get like these promo only dance uh, uh, CDs and stuff like that. And I always saw dance versions of Joe Zaggy music on there, which is great for me because I was like, man, he evolved. He actually went in a different direction and he's actually getting noticed. Uh, promo only. Uh, Rhythm Radio, they always added you to their to their monthly uh, subscription, uh, which is which is something that you don't see a lot with freestyle. Raquel had it, you know. There's some others that had it, but to see your name there is like that's a great accomplishment. So I wanted to mention that briefly as a record store owner. But uh, I I can't wait to continue spinning. Love you like wow. I hope that this will take you for a year um, because that's how records are supposed to be spun, right? You take one song. You spin it, you spin it until people really get used to it. And I, I want to thank you for being part of CPR's Clubhouse Live and being so quick to say, yeah, man, let's do this. Um, yeah, and I, I, hope well, I appreciate you having me on. I really do. Like, uh, I'm, you know, super happy to be a part of it. And I know that, you know, your audience is definitely, you know, the real deal followers and you guys shoot straight from the hip. And so I was looking forward to coming in here and, you know, answering anything you had for me. So um, thank you for having me on. You did. Um, and, and, you know, so I, and uh, I know that some people are, are a little, you know, scared to come on my show because they're, they're afraid that, you know, I'm going to get off the cuff or whatever. But, um, you know, everybody who comes on my show has creative control. And I will say you have said nothing about cutting anything out of the show at all and, and just to air it as is. So I do appreciate that. Um, but uh, I, I'm a freestyle historian and I like to tell a story the way that it's supposed to be told. I don't want to make up anything. I want to hear things from you. So I thank you for clearing up the Adam Morano situation. Um, a story that I knew, but it, it, it's better when it comes from the artist. And also, by the way, it has been um, also backed up by the people that were there. You know, Caporale, Deneen. Um, yeah. Those are the people that were like, yeah, well, you know, these, this is the facts. And you know the facts now. So when you go into the interview, yeah. when it says these things, you don't have to push back on it because it's fact. I, I'm, I'm letting you know what it is. So I'm glad that, you know, and I want you to continue, uh, you know, uh, performing these songs because it's always fun to hear you um, 
to do these things on stage and 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 it looks like you and Raquel are having fun even when I see you both at opposite ends of the stage I see that you guys are looking at each other because you guys are in the moment yeah we have a great time and I've been really lucky with this run and yeah I know that there's been confusion and I tried to set it straight so many times but I could listen I could tell the truth story 10,000 times people are still going to want to try and create some type of drama but there's none here's the best here's the best part of the story i know for a fact that if you were on stage at a fever concert and you were singing those adam morano songs and uh the, the music cut off because the dj got unplugged or whatever the case may be and they say joe zangi you know please i got this guy doing a human beatbox just sing the song you know acapella you'd be like no problem and you'll sing I the whole acapella right and there'll be no issue and that, right. that is a genuine artist. The fact that you can actually just, and you know the lyrics, you know you know the tone, you know how to sing it, and there wouldn't yeah. be a problem. To me, that's what uh, an artist is all about. Now, well, I think, that, I think that was like kind of what the confusion was in the beginning, and I think people thought that I was lip syncing because right. I said, a true story, when I'll Be Loving was on the radio back in the day, my mom called me more than once to tell me, oh my God, I hear you singing on the radio. And it was that, you know what I mean? So like, yeah, you know, same, and same, same everything. Yeah, so like I don't know if it was because I was so young and I've done so many records with him and you know, like known him over the years. And I look at his collage as like, you know, literally the definition of a collage is like putting a whole bunch of things together and you know, um and if people really want, you know, the the actual, 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 did we speak about it? Yes, we spoke about it. You know what I mean? Okay. Like and it's a good point. I sing live every time I go out on that stage. Yeah, and, and again, I, I want to make that clear. And so I want to end it there because I want to celebrate your brand new song. Again, it's Joe Zangi, Love You Like Wow. Um, wow, yes. Written, written by uh, Joe Zangi, produced uh, by Louis Marte and Alex Baldrick, uh, DJ Merck One. Congratulations to them. And again, thank you, Joe Zangi, for joining us here on CPR's Clubhouse Live. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, bro. Have a great time, uh, you know, with this new song. And any information on Joe Zangi is in the description on Spotify Video Live and also on YouTube. CPR's Clubhouse Live is a show you have to look for. Now we're on two mediums. You can go to Spotify. When you click on a Spotify uh, episode, you will have the video option, or you can just listen to the audio. And then, of course, on YouTube, you can watch the show right there on the CPR's Clubhouse Live channel. Once again, Joe Zangi, thank you so much. Uh, until next time, the CPR saying goodbye. And remember, it's not who you love, it's how. Talk to you soon.